welcome to Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And uh, and I'm Ty Turley. Yeah. And this week we're going to be talking about Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about our favorite female empowerment movie. Because I think this is a pro-feminist movie, right? I guess you could make a case it's the, it's the opposite. Uh, but yeah, mostly I think it's pro-feminist. Yeah. I don't know. I, guess. I feel like if you did some deep level analysis, maybe. Anyway. There, there's an argument to be made, you're saying? Well, maybe. Because, I mean, Harley, it's not straightforward that Harley Quinn is either a good example or doing her best. Or, like, on the best track for herself. Anyway. Anyway, I don't, this is more analysis than I meant to do already. Seriously, that's pretty deep. Uh, <laughs> Ty, what, what is your female empowerment movie? Well, I went to um, Harley's Angels a few weeks ago, and mine's not that one. That was pretty <laughs> awful. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't know. That was, like, ridiculous writing. But I'm going to say uh, one, I saw a movie uh, yesterday that was pretty good called Portrait of a, of a, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, I want to see that so bad. Really? Yeah. Or are we, doing just, a, are we going to do a podcast about it? We should. Okay. Well. Well, it's only playing in one theater in San Francisco, so I don't know if I'll ever make it to it. Okay, so you might get a podcast about it, America world where's our audience 12 listeners (laughs) suburban salt lake city (laughs) Um, okay Uh, for me the one that i thought of kind of right away was uh kill bill the quentin tarantino movie i think she sort of takes back her life and uh Fights with a samurai sword, which is dope. I think I got. I don't know. Is that is that empowering? Also, it's so violent. Can't we be empowered without being violent? That's that's my dilemma. Okay, and it's relevant to Harley Quinn too. Well, yeah. Let's I, let's do jump into Harley Quinn. How did you? I don't know. Feel coming into this movie? Were you excited about another DC movie? A follow up to the Suicide Squad? Yeah, I mean, I was, I I like the vibe. It's kind of a, it's not, it's not a Marvel movie. It's got more of an edge. I like that. And I love Margot Robbie. I think she's so good. Uh, And I, I mean, I didn't have super high expectations because it was still going to be a a comedically bad villain. And um, yeah, but uh, this was much more violent than I expected it to be. I thought it was so violent. It was shocking to me. I couldn't watch any more knees get broken backwards. I hate that. Well, yeah, that that happens right away, right? And then it's just like, oh, and they show it for so long. Ugh. Yeah, it was very gross. And a recurring joke, or I guess. I mean, it, it asked us to laugh at a lot of things that were pretty brutal. Also, I mean, the villain cuts people's faces off. Yeah, it is very extreme violence. I mean, violence against police officers, violence against women and families. That it can be—I don't know—it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, 
it was hard. It was hard for me. I did not enjoy it, actually. Um, it was too much violence. And I think, you know, talking about this movie, we need to talk about the narrative structure of kind of her unreliable narrator jumping back and forth, you know, like, oh, I should have told you about this girl. Let's jump back four days in the past. I don't know. How did you feel about that structure of the movie? Well, you know me. I always feel like if you're doing those kind of flashbacks and stuff, it's a crutch where you're just trying to be flashier than you're trying to fix your story not being interesting just in and of itself. Why just tell the story linearly? If it's a good story, then you'll be then you'll be drawn in. If it's not a good story, you then that's when you start using those kind of flashbacks and Yeah, it doesn't seem effective to me in storytelling because I don't know, you you sort of lose track of where you're at and yeah, it's all happening within a week of its, you know, and there's like the one lately, you know, 10 year earlier flashback, but otherwise it's all happening within a couple of days of each other. And it's like, okay, how does this fit together? Where does this person come into it? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, lots of voiceover, even when they're not jumping around. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see some of the voiceover being establishing Harley's point of view. She's got a lot of things that she's, I, I think the most interesting part of this film was that she's trying to deal with, uh, her past catching up with her and the fact that she was a jerk to people matters now. And I think the voiceover was interesting in establishing that. Yeah. Like talking about how, how she defended people or what their complaint was against them. Yeah. And just her, I mean, it is a super interesting premise. I think that's one thing I was surprised at. I thought the premise was so interesting that she loses the protection of Joker because they break up. And then she has to pay for all of the things she did to people. But I don't feel like they actually get into that or it's all kind of a joke when really it could have been psychologically very interesting. And I, I mean, I don't think people ever totally get the better of her. I mean, I know she gets captured, but I don't know if anyone does really make her pay for the, the things that she did. Yeah. or Yeah, exactly. That would be interesting to have her really have to pay once at least or. Or maybe she wants to pay at some point. Give her a decision in the film where she does something to show that she is sorry and that she, you know, has she wants she wants redemption. She wants a second chance. But yeah, that would be such a more interesting movie where instead of her lucking through and having these amazing fights where she always wins, give her a dilemma with real stakes. And then I mean, I think beyond Margot. Her character, Harley Quinn, there are these other women that kind of come in and out of the story. Um, and I think about half of them were effective. <laughs> which which half? Uh, I think the, the songbird and the huntress were good. And then the, the thief and the detective, Rosie Perez, was just, I don't know, such a stereotype that it, I, could, I couldn't get into that character. Yeah. I didn't like the the thief either. I mean, she just seemed to be on a different level than all the other characters. Not, she wasn't, she wasn't a good match for it. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Like too young. It felt like, yeah, too young. She's too, obviously, you know, not in the realm of what else is going on. I thought the songbird was interesting because she has also this dilemma where she's caught between her boss, the villain and, Harley Quinn, who she doesn't really know. 
Like if they would have made her know Harley Quinn better, and then that would have been such more. So, like if they would have made her so that she knew Harley Quinn better or had some loyalty to her, then when she's forced to be the driver, then she's more divided and it's it's harder for her. It's more of a struggle. Yeah, and and to make her connection that she's neighbors with the thief rather than you know another more kind of organic way since they spend so much time in that club it seems like a hard stretch to have that be so convenient yeah and then she sings out of the blue i mean she has this superpower that she can sing and destroy things i mean that i thought that was very dumb well yeah i mean they they do reference it earlier but they don't show it until the moment you need it they referenced it earlier i don't remember it I thought the detective talked about how her mom used the same power to help the police and, until she got killed. I thought they just meant that she fed the police information. I didn't get that she had a superpower that she would use. Oh, I, that's what I thought it was. I don't know. I don't know either. What do you think of Ewan? I mean, I think he, I don't know, played that deranged meant pretty well. where. You just you could never, I don't know, trust or be comfortable with what he was doing, but also just comes across as so sort of needy. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was okay as a villain. Yeah, I think no villain is going to be very good. I, I I don't know. I just think it's hard to do that well. Yeah, I didn't think he was awful. I thought his henchman, right hand guy, was pretty terrifying. I was scared of him. Yeah, like yeah, like legitimately psychotic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I thought I thought the music was good in it. I like the the feminist power ballads going on, pop songs. Yeah, they keep it kind of pretty contemporary. I think that's fun. Yeah. Uh, maybe we, and then the other member of the group, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, as the huntress, uh, you know, comes back from that original gangster family after being trained in Italy, and I think the. I don't know. Maybe the best joke in the in the movie is her talking about her name. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. She wants to be called the Huntress, and everyone else calls her the Crossbow Killer. Yeah, that is a pretty funny joke. You apparently know this actress. I thought she. Was, I, I thought she was too serious. I thought she played it too serious. Yeah, I and mean, she is pretty kind of dour and focused, right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe because Harley Quinn is so over the top and extreme, everyone else around her needs to be more contained. Yeah, that could be true. I could see that. Yeah. Are there, I don't know, what other thoughts do you have about this movie? Oh, not much more. Well, I mean, I I think that I did think the choreographed fighting, the martial arts was pretty good. I mean, I know I said, I feel like they did the broken knee thing too many times, but I feel like that had a quality of fight. Uh, the fights had a quality that made it unusual. I feel like I don't see that quality of fighting usually. So I, I did, did learn this, that um, they reshot the fight scenes. Uh, they, they brought in a different fight choreographer and tried to make it look more like how, uh, how women would fight rather than trying to have women recreate how men would fight. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I agree. Well, look, I think that does pay off. I think the the fight in the kind of carnival at the end is fun and, and their you know the movement is good 
in, in that environment. I think it does. It works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to have, to be able to write, um, all the jokes. Cause there's a lot of puns and, and jokes based on the fight, final fight taking place in a carnival, but, um, to match Harley Quinn's character. I mean, I think that's fun things to play with. Um, and then, well, I don't know, we didn't mention this, but there was a very weird dance scene where like the, the people are wearing masks and I took me, it took me out of it to be like, what is going on with this? <laughs> Wait, which scene is it? I don't remember that. I think it's with like Owen McGregor and his, Oh, he makes the girl dance that one. Oh no, no. I thought there was like more of like a cutaway kind of like a, a dream sequence dancing. Although when he makes a girl dance, it's very unsettling. Yeah. It's a bad scene. I don't, I don't right now remember the dream sequence dance, but okay. Uh, yeah. It's another kind of odd thing. Uh, all right, Ty, what would you rate Harley Quinn birds of prey? I'm giving it a three out of five. Yeah. I, I went back and forth, but I do think it's, it is fun to spend that time with Margot Robbie and I'll also give it a three. Okay. All right. So agreeable these days. Well, I mean, you're just, you're finally on the, the read system apparently. Uh, oh yeah. Or more, more troubling to think I'm on the tie system. If only you wish you wish you could be the singularity. It's going to be <laughs> a brother reviews pretty soon. <laughs> One of us will be redundant. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have something else to recommend for our listeners? Well, uh, no. Do you? I do. I've got a couple. One more thing to say. I I read a book uh, over a vacation recently by Chuck Klosterman, who's a kind of sports writer thinker, called "But What If We're Wrong," and it kind of talks about how things are remembered throughout history and what is important in kind of remembering a a people. And I I liked the way to think about, yeah, kind of what, what is memorable or what's important and what will people in the year, you know, 3000 think about our time period. Okay. That's interesting. I went and saw um, the live action shorts nominated for Oscars. I thought they were okay. I was surprised. They, uh, some of them were very cheesy. I thought, you know, very contrived. It was uh, it's yeah, fun. To, it's fun to see them. I've never watched a shorts program before, but I know. Uh, yeah, I know they come out around Oscar time in theaters. Yeah, you should try it once. You'd, I think you'd be surprised. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.